0: He was born 391 years ago, and he came to faith later in life. Eventually, he became a field preacher holding open-air services. People would arrive at dawn to hear this man preach at noon. Problem with field preaching, though, is that it was illegal in England. So in in 1660, when he was 32 years old, he was arrested. He would spend 12 years in prison. But it was in prison that he started writing a very important book. It was a story of faith, coming to faith, walking by faith, living by faith. John Bunyan was his name, and he knew the importance of faith. Pilgrim's Progress was the book that he wrote. It's a study, it's an allegory, study of the Christian life of a man named Christian, living by faith on his way to the celestial city. And that's what we've been studying on Wednesday nights. And when we last saw Christian, he was in a palace called Beautiful. It was a place to find rest from your journey and be encouraged as as you make your way to the celestial city and learn about the Lord and grow. And the palace Beautiful is the house of God. It is the local church. And it's a very special place. He's been taken to many different rooms and taught many different lessons and eventually taken to a place called the Study And in the study, this is what we read from the book. Then they read to him some of the worthy acts of some of his servants had done. As how they had subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant, and turned to flight the armies of aliens. So in the study... Christian would be encouraged. And it was in this study in the house beautiful that he would be reminded of the faith of others and challenged to stand firm in his own faith. And the words quoted that I just read to you in Pilgrim's Progress are found in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the great hall of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 33 who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises and shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Who is the writer of Hebrews referring to? Well, if we look at the context, the previous verse, we find some information out. Verse 32 of Hebrews 11. And what more shall I say for time will fail me to tell if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets. So Christian, be encouraged. And one way we are encouraged is by looking at the faith of other believers. Here are some lessons we learn. Number one, never underestimate the importance of faith. We're told by faith. And in chapter 11, by faith, the word faith is repeated 25 times. It is the heartbeat of the chapter by faith, by faith, by faith. And it needs to be the heartbeat of every single Christian by faith, by faith, by faith. That's how we live by faith. That's how we walk with the Lord on this earth by faith. No one is praised for the position they held in this chapter. No one is praised for the title attached to their name. No one is praised for being a king or being a prophet or being a judge or being a general. They're all praised for their faith. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please him that is God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. It is Romans that reminds us, Romans 10, 17, how faith is inspired and how our faith is strengthened. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And so it's faith unto salvation, the word of God leads us, and faith in in our living. That's why we must be in the word of God every single day, Christian, because that's where your faith is strengthened And that's where you learn to grow. And that's where you learn to walk by faith. Secondly, we learn that faith conquers kingdoms. We see this in Joshua. Kingdom after kingdom after kingdom. 31 kingdoms and kingdoms. Joshua 12 verse 7 all the way through verse 24. These are the kings of the land whom Joshua the son of Israel defeated beyond the Jordan toward the east. He and all the sons of Israel. And then it says at the end of Joshua 12, verse 24, in all 31 kings, they knew what it was to walk by faith and conquer kingdoms. It started with the kingdom of Jericho. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 5. Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. No one went out. No one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, see, I've given Jericho into your hand and its king and its valiant warriors. You shall march around the city, all the men of war, circling the city once. You shall do so for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. And then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. The priests shall blow the trumpets. It Shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. and The wall of the city will fall down flat. The people will go up every man straight ahead. I want you to think about this. It takes faith to march around a city, circling it once a day for six days. Then on the seventh day, circling it seven times. And priests blowing their trumpets and people shouting. It took faith to do this. This was very non-conventional way to defeat a city and a kingdom. I want you to understand something about faith. Sometimes faith seems unconventional and even foolish. Doesn't make any sense. Know what the word of God says, even if it doesn't seem to make sense to you and follow it. Have faith in God's word. Always. Faith conquers kingdoms. Next we learn it performs acts of righteousness. Most commentators believe that this refers to the official policies of leaders. In other words, doing what's right regardless of what others think, and not giving in to the pressure of people. We see that with David in 2 Samuel 8:15. So David reigned over all Israel, and David administered justice and righteousness for all his people. So he was reigning in righteousness, doing what is right in God's eyes and administering justice and righteousness and defending the weak and punishing the wicked and administering it for all the people. So he showed no favoritism. He did this in faith. So if you are in leadership of any capacity, you must lead in faith and not be a people pleaser and not worry about the criticisms you will face, but, but serve in righteousness and justice and for all people showing no favoritism, and and to lead in faith and do what's right. That's why we have to pray for our president. That's why you need to pray for me as a senior pastor and our entire staff here and our pastoral staff and, and pray for yourself as well, that we might be those who lead in faith, whether it's leading our family, our wives, our children, our businesses, employees, or serving in a church in a capacity. Conquers kingdoms, performs acts of righteousness. Faith obtains promises. Joshua and the children of Israel in Joshua 21, verse 43. The Lord gave Israel all the land which he had sworn to give to their fathers. And they possessed it and lived it And The Lord gave them rest on every side according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And no one of their enemies stood before them. And the Lord gave all their enemies into their hand. Not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. All came to pass. God promised. God promised. He swore. He swore. And every single promise came to pass. Faith believes those promises, claims those promises, and sees those promises fulfilled. So take God at his word because his word never fails. Psalm nineteen seven through 9. The word of the Lord is perfect. The testimony of the Lord is sure. The precepts of the Lord are right. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Verse nine, the end of it, the judgments of the Lord are true. They're righteous altogether. Titus 1, 2 says, God who cannot lie. And Hebrews six eighteen reminds us it's impossible for God to lie. And so believe his promises, claim his promises, hold on to his promises. That's faith. Next, faith shuts the mouths of lions. We know who that refers to. That's Daniel. And Daniel knew that the penalty was death. Daniel 6.10. Daniel knew that the document was signed. He entered his house. Now in his house and his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had done previously. In, in verse number seven, he knew anyone who made a petition to any God or man besides you, O king, for 30 days shall be cast into the lion's den. David was a man, or Daniel was a man of faith. And he went right up into that room as he had always done. And he prayed three times a day on his knees. There's a good lesson for us there. Many. One is to make sure we're spending time in prayer. We eat three times a day. Certainly, we can pray three times a day. And how important to get on our knees, to humble ourselves before our great holy God, who created us, who loves us, who saved us, who we will spend eternity with, and to be on our knees and to pray. Daniel, he trusted God. He had faith. And we're told of his rescue in Daniel 6 21. Daniel spoke to the king, O oh, king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they've not harmed me, inasmuch as I was found innocent before him and also toward you. O oh, God, O oh, king, I've committed no crime. And the king was very pleased, gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury whatever was found on him. And it says this because he trusted in his God. Can you imagine, can you imagine if Daniel had not claimed those promises? He would have missed watching God work. He would have missed it. I want you to understand, when you don't claim those promises, you miss God at work. You miss his rescue. Faith gets to see things that only God can do. Faith shuts the mouths of lions. Faith quenches the power of the fire. These are Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel 3, verse 16 through 18. We're told that they were told like everybody else to fall down and worship the image. Worship the image. If you don't worship, you'll immediately cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Talk about arrogance. Talk about pride of this king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, "O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we're not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Their faith is incredible to speak with such boldness right to this pagan king. How how arrogant he is and how bold they are. And you know the story. His facial expression was altered. He's so angry he gives orders to heat the furnace seven times as much. They alone defied the order of the king. No one else did. No doubt they were mocked and ridiculed as fools by most, staring death in the face. Bodily they would be thrown into, picked up, into and thrown into the blazing furnace of fire and those who did it would die and these three men would be rescued because there is a god who rescues faith stands up to the most powerful people faith is able to withstand the heat and faith is willing to die we're told next that faith escapes the edge of the sword we have multiple people in scripture. David escaped from King Saul time and time again. Elijah escaped from Jezebel. Elisha escapes from the king of Assyria who comes to, to Dothan to kill him. In 2 Kings chapter six, he, he sent this king of Aram, sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Why? Because Elisha, Elisha would be able to tell the king's enemies where he was and what was going on. And they, they told him. He, whispers in his, he knows what's being whispered in your bedroom. He sent horses and chariots, great army. They came by night, surrounded the city. When the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army of horses and chariots was circling the city. He scared to death. Just the sound of the chariots and the sound of the horses and the hoofbeats and the dust and the sound of the armor. His servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? He's scared to death. And he said, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes. And he saw, behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When he came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike this people with blindness, I pray. So he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. I want you to notice faith sees what other people can't see. Faith sees what others miss. And Elisha saw the army of God all around. And the army of God outnumbers any army on this earth. You are not alone. Faith escapes the edge of the sword. Next, faith is made strong from weakness. We see this with Samson. Lost all his strength. He was bound. His eyes were gouged out and he was ridiculed. And he would call on God in faith in Judges 16. O Lord God, please remember me. Please strengthen me at this time or just this time. O God, that I may at once be avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested, braced himself against them. the, The one with his right hand and the other with his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bent with all his might so that the house fell on the lords of all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he killed in life. In the New Testament, Paul teaches a very important truth when it comes to being made strong from weakness. In 2 Corinthians 12, we know the story. He was given a thorn in the flesh. He prayed three times. It says in verse 8 that he implored the Lord three times that I might leave him. And God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I'd rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, I am strong. It's okay to feel weak. It's okay to be weak. Because in our moment of weakness is when we rely on the Lord. And that is when we are at our greatest strength. When God is relied on in our weakness. So actually, in times of weakness, we've never been stronger. And times of weakness are good for us. Because we rest and we lean on God more. One more thing that we see. Or two more things that we see. Faith becomes mighty in war. Faith becomes mighty in war. Now, there was an effect of a giant on everyone. And you know the giant, his name was Goliath. He was towering. He was a menace. He was fearful. Goliath was a killing machine. 1 Samuel 17, 24. All the men of Israel saw the man and they fled from him and were greatly afraid. Not David. Not this little teenager. David's words of faith recorded in 1 Samuel 17. The Philistine came on and approached David with his shield bare in front of him. Philistine looked at Saul, David, he disdained him. He was but a youth and ruddy and handsome appearance. The Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine also said to David, come to me and I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Listen to David. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with sword and spear and a javelin. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. I'll give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that this, this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear for the battle of the Lord's is the Lord's and he will give you into my hands. I want you to notice something. How many times David called on the Lord? The Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, the Lord will deliver you. The Lord does not deliver uh, by sword and spear. The battle is the Lord's five different times. That is where his faith was focused. Not on strength, not on equipment, not on money, not on numbers in the army. It was the Lord. It was the Lord. It was God. It was the Lord. It was the Lord. That is where our faith must be focused in the Lord. We're told that it happened when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to David, that David ran quickly toward the battle line. He ran to the battle line to meet the Philistine. He put his hand in his bag, took from it a stone and slung it, struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead. He fell on his face to the ground. Thus David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. He struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in David's hand. David ran, stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it, lopped off his head. And it says this. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. That's what faith does. Faith kills giants. Faith takes their heads off. And faith causes enemy armies to flee. Becomes mighty in war. Faith, lastly, puts foreign armies to flight. Not only did David do it, Gideon did it. It took faith to fight an army of tens of thousands. We're told in Judges 7.12, the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the sons of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts. Their camels were without number, as numerous as the sand of the seashore. And so you have this vast army without number, numerous as locusts covering the valley, camels without number, sand as the seashore, and it took faith. Gideon started with 32,000. God dropped it down to 10,000 he would drop it again down to 300 300 when they went to the brook and they drank and god separated them 300 they're going to face a multitude beyond number oh yeah and they're going to face them without a single sword judges 716 he divided the 300 men into three companies he put trumpets and empty pitchers into the hands of them all with torches inside the pitchers that's how they're going to defeat this army not a single sword They're not even going to run into the battle. They're going to blow trumpets, empty pitchers, and torches inside. And you know the story. They did that, and all of those multitude turned on themselves. And it was a slaughter. You know what faith does? Do you know when faith is enacted? Do you know when we can have faith? Learn from Gideon. Have faith when you feel outnumbered. Have faith when you feel ill-equipped. Have faith when the odds are overwhelmingly against you. Have faith. Have faith. Doesn't matter how many people are against you, how ill-equipped you feel, or how overwhelmed you are. Have faith in God. Because faith conquers kingdoms, Performs acts of righteousness, obtains promises, shuts the mouths of lions, quenches the power of fire, escapes the edge of the sword, is made strong from weakness, becomes mighty in war, and puts armies to flight. Have faith.